Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Welcome back to the Gather Moms Podcast, y'all. Today is going to be the best day ever because we have a special guest with us. Yes, we we are in our series called Mind Your Motherhood, where we are talking through all the seasons of motherhood. And last week, Kate talked to us about raising teens. I hope that that was inspiring for those of you that were ready to give up. Maybe you're like, oh, okay, I'll hang in there a little <laughs> longer. But then we started thinking about who might know teens yeah. even better than a mom. Yeah. I think their high school teacher might. I think so. Because they know things that we don't know. That's right. And they see it every day in a myriad of kids. Yes. So we've invited one of our favorite people on the podcast today. Kelly Cavan, say hey. Hey, everyone. Thank y'all for asking me. We're so excited to have you. And Kelly is a teacher at a local high school here where we, Kate and I live. And she's actually taught lots of grades. So I want you just to give our mamas listening a little, you know, who you're married to, how many kids, and then how long you've been a public school teacher. Oh, awesome. Okay, so I'm Kelly Cavan, and my husband Kyle and I have been married for 22 years. Let's go. Um, yes, feels like five to me, probably 50 to him. Um <laughs> We, uh, we actually met in the eighth grade, so we don't really have anyone wow. in our lives that we don't know about each other. So it's super awesome. We have two amazing sons. Um, Kai is 18. He'll be 19 in May, who just finished his first semester of college. Wow. Um, it went so great. Um, adjusting to that was not for the faint of heart. Yeah, um, that's, that's our we, next season. We're going to talk about launching kids, so right. we might have to have your advice mm-hmm. on that. Oh, I would. I've learned so much. We, um, but we did it, and um, are stronger and closer than ever before. And then we also have a sophomore case who is going to be sixteen March fourth. Okay, so Let's he go. is counting down the days. Yeah. to not ride with mom to school anymore. <laughs> And then tell no, us so about your your blessed. life as a teacher. So my life as a teacher, I knew from a little girl, I had an overhead projector. All my friends would come over and I would make them play school with me, my Cute. cousins that were like my sisters. Um, and so I always felt very drawn to the younger children. And I did my student teaching. Um, I went to Washtenaw Baptist and knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um, did all my student teaching, kinder, first, second, had an early childhood degree. And, um, when I, that was in Arkansas, came back to Texas and had to be certified and got my certification kinder to six and spent 19 years going back and forth from first and second and fourth. And so, um, just learning the basics and how to teach kids a love for reading. Um, about 10 years ago, I felt a call from the Lord that I was scared silly to uh, step out in faith to do something different. I was so afraid of change, 
So long story short, I took a leap of faith, took a test, got certified, got a job at the high school and have been teaching English for two and a half years now. Awesome. That's a big jump from first grade to high school. First grade to ninth grade. And I did it. I, so do you know, I taught high school Spanish um, for several years and then came home to be with my kids and then went and taught preschool uh, when my kids were little. And man, so you went down, you went the opposite. I did. And, you know, people would ask me, you know, is it is it different? I'm like, no, it's the same. I just can't yell at these little kids, you know, high school kids, <laughs> <laughs> high school kids. Yeah. You can raise your voice and they have, you know, thicker skin. These little babies, right. we can't raise our voice at the little babies. <laughs> they will cry. Yeah. So it, it's been a wild journey learning um, discipline techniques, learning the curriculum, uh, learning how to help them balance their lives. And I can't wait to divulge all that today, but it's been a joy and it's, I knew I was what, where God wanted me when cool. all the things fell into place. Um and I, it's just been a really sweet season. Neat. Well, and I know it's where you're supposed to be because my kid's in your class. So my freshman oh. boy has you. And I was like, we got the jackpot freshman oh. year of high school. To have I Ms. actually Kevin. pay him to say really good things Whatever. to you guys. Actually, he loves and- money. So maybe I do believe that because he will do just about anything for money. One of the things I love about you, Kelly, and I know this not just from your teaching career, but from your personal life too and your involvement in church and with teenagers, you love the whole kid. And I think that's one of the things that as teenagers are trying to find themselves, there's parts of them that come out that probably aren't as nice as other parts. And mm-hmm. as parents, we see some of those parts. I think as teachers, you see some of those parts. What do you think are the big issues that these teenagers are facing right now that you see in your classroom? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the things that I thought were going to be the big issues. Um, the hot buttons in society right now were the things that made me fearful, but those are the things that, um, they are not typically what I spend a lot of my time, uh, dealing with. It's more, I I think kids today, um, feel mental health is so talked about. So, um, in the open nowadays, and it used to be a little hidden and, um, and now because it is so, discussed and taught about what I feel like it's doing is sometimes they feel if they're not solving a drama or they're not involved in some solution of some type that um, they, they, they're addicted to that drama and that solving all the time. And so it's hard for them to just rest and be good. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's like, you can just be happy. You don't have to be like going through something to relate with people. You can just be happy. And I say all the time when kids come and open up or whatever, like, I just want you to say, like, it is well with my soul. Like, it is okay to just be well. And it is okay to just be in peace today. And um, I think think they're empathetic with one another. And I think they carry each other's burdens so well. And I think it's hard sometimes for them to just let it be okay, if that wow, makes sense. that is such a word. And don't you feel like, I mean, they're using all of these big words that are clinical terms that mm-hmm. they know it's kind of in their vocabulary now that may not be appropriate for the situation. Like um, I've heard teens say, you know, I'm having a panic attack. 
and and really no you feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. but this isn't what we would call a panic attack panic attack right you know right. there's a difference or i you know i have adhd well okay do you or are you just easily distracted <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and you're right they want like it, i feel like in our society if there is something that's not comfortable we want to label it or we want to fix it right away. And sometimes that discomfort is what makes us better. Yeah. And so there's not always a reason. And, and so, so and you see them bonding a lot over their troubles. I feel like that's what you're saying of like the crisis absolutely. they're going through. How are you, you know, I heard you say that you tell them, you know, it is well with me, with my soul. Mm-hmm. Is there, are there any other ways that you're pushing them toward just, it's okay to be okay. Is that just language or, or how are you doing that? Yeah, I think um, I even had a an example of a girl even um, just today who was telling me about breaking up with a boyfriend. And, you know, they want to talk about these things all the time and get advice. And I love that part of my job. Um, but I, I think identity, like who are you apart from that person or apart from the struggle? Um, I think they're they're really trying to piece that together. Um who am I? And I think probably in a sense, we all are still always trying to identify who we are as people. Um, And I think just listening well. And then um, one thing that I, this is just advice I received a long time ago. So this um, is something that I used with younger children or my own children or myself or high school children, but this is what I feel, but this is what I know. Yeah. And so separating, they they want to go based on feelings. And if if we're just being honest, our society, everything is done off how I feel. Yeah. And so they, they try to tap into those feelings and not logic um, all the time. And so I've said it so much that even Kyle will say, is that what you feel? Or is that what you know? And I'm like, (laughs) oh, don't throw that back. You know, that's what I do. Yeah. But, um, So it's, this is how I feel, but what I know is it's going to be okay. That's great, Kelly. That's so practical and such an easy thing for me as a mom. I'm thinking right now, I'm going to pick that phrase up and use that with my kids because it's so practical. Yeah. I think too, as a parent, you know, we see parts of our kids at home that we may not see at school and then we send them off to school Mm -hmm. and Honestly, with all the new technology advancements, I don't know how to keep up with all their assignments because they know all those things better than me. But what are you seeing as far as how parents are like interacting with what their kids are doing at school? Do you feel like parents care a lot? Do you feel like they don't care a lot? What are you seeing? I think there's two different types and then there's rarely one in the middle. Either extreme. Um, One is I've, I've been to school I've already done school. Now you're the one in school. Go talk to your teacher and go to tutoring. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is my students tell on their parents, like (laughs) they told me to come to tutoring, but they, and I said, well, what were they doing? They're looking at their phone, (laughs) you know, or something. And so it's funny, but, um, they, they don't hide much, um, coming home about teachers or coming to school about parents. They tell it all. Um, But I think it's, I've also read, you know, my, my parents were baby boomers and I was born in 80. There's my age. Um, So I'm kind of on that cusp of 
generational differences. But, you know, our parents became the helicopter parents. Yeah. Where you don't have something, I'll swoop and rescue, right? And when you need me, I'm there. And so now it's becoming honestly more of a snowplow. Like I'm going to go before my child and knock down any obstacle Mm -hmm. because I don't want them Mm -hmm. to ever be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it takes away some of that growth that is so necessary. Yeah. And um, my best friend um, growing up, she has been sharing a lot of the things that she learns in counseling. And um, she came to visit a while back. And something, um, Kai had already been at school. And so it was something between Case and I. And she cornered me in my own kitchen. And she goes, it is not your job to never let him feel uncomfortable. And it was so healthy for me to be confronted like that. That is not your job. He can be uncomfortable. Yes. And that is hard for us mamas. Like we don't want our kids to learn the hard way or be uncomfortable. And so I call the first one kind of ignorant bliss. Like I really don't want to know what is really happening Uh until it's something that involves me. Uh (laughs) And school is usually not a huge, let's all get involved, you know? Um, But then the other one is just over-involvement. Yeah. Um, Like I'm going to stay on my kid and make sure they do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And it beats them down so much and they don't really ever have to learn independence. Yep. Yep. Do you see that in the students that you've got in your classes where some of them like they're just they're waiting for mom to fix it. So they don't even try to fix it themselves. 100%. And I and um, or they need me to reassure every decision they make or everything they write or um, that affirmation. And it's not self-intrinsic. It's it's got to be, you know, from someone else. And sometimes I go, did that make you feel good? You know, and it's funny, it's, it's just the simple things, even when they're little, um, my mom and I've laughed about, you know, when your kid gets a new outfit or something and they go to school and you're like, oh my gosh, if you say, did everybody love it? Uh-huh. You're teaching them to need that. There you go. External feedback yeah. instead. Did you feel so confident in your outfit? Uh-huh. Like it's wording. Yeah. And so it's it the purpose is for them to feel confident and them to go on their own and change the world, right? And yeah. so that um I think with school I think sometimes we we miss or confuse anxiety uh-huh. with just wanting to please. Yeah. And so sometimes that anxiety is learned, I think, accidentally, not on purpose. I think parents have wonderful, wonderful intentions and want to push their kids in positive ways. And um, but I think sometimes that approval translates to anxiety. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I think I'm probably in the middle somewhere. So we use this in our school district. We use this. It's called Skyward that we put all the, the the teachers put all the grades in, you know. And listen, I know when some teachers filling up their grade book because my phone just starts bing, bing, bing. Because, you know, I'm like, you know, Lydia got a grade in math. Caleb got a grade in. And I'm like, okay, friends. Um, I had to recently go in and fix the notifications because I'm like, I don't need to get pinged every time every we're putting time, a grade yeah. in the grade book, you know. Listen, my kids are so scared now. They tell me ahead of time, Mom, you're probably going to get a notification on your phone. <laughs> 
that I failed a quiz in business. I promise I'm going in tomorrow. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to redo it. And I love the fact that he's already taking the initiative to go. I'm going to go fix it. Yeah. But honestly, and that's, good. that's what yes. you want. You don't want them to redo it because you want them to do better. You want them to do it because they want to do their best. That's great. Mm. I love I that. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's why he's doing that. I think he knows he's going to get in I trouble. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. He's my boy. Yeah. Okay. So I also know that you love Jesus and I we do. love Jesus here on the podcast. How do you think your faith has made a difference in how you approach not only just being a mom, but being a teacher as well in the classroom? You know what? I was going to grab a paper to read for this um, when I talked about um, my classroom today. And I, I want to read this that a really, I would call just a, a, source of encouragement spiritually at the school with me. And um, so it says, I've come to a frightening conclusion that I am the decisive element in the classroom. It's my personal approach that creates the climate. It's my daily mood that makes the weather. As a teacher, I possess a tremendous power to make a child's life miserable or joyous. I can be a tool of torture or an an instrument of inspiration. I can humiliate or heal. In all situations, it is my response that decides whether a crisis will be escalated or de-escalated and a child humanized or dehumanized. And so when I get my rosters every year, I sit in every seat and pray for every kid that's going to be in that seat. And I am not perfect. And I am far from perfect. And honestly, at the end of the year, when kids write me things, um, and I'll see students at church, you know, here, there, and they'll talk to me about it. But one thing I always say, I want them to feel so valued. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what God does is he sees every one of us and, and what we offer and our value and our purpose. And, and that's what I strive to do is help them see who they are. And it's really easy to do that in English. It's really fun through writing for them to learn who they are and what contribution they're going to make to the world. That's so good. I feel like what you just read could also be said, it could be the mantra of a mama, mm-hmm. you know, that oh, we, for sure. we have that, we have those same choices to make every day. It'd be something great for me to hang up in my office at home of just remembering that. And I, you know, I think what I'm hearing you say in the theme of why you're connecting so well with students is you are choosing to see them as human beings and not dehumanize them. I think it's very easy, um, especially in our homes and, and things, when we get busy and there's a lot going on, we can very easily dehumanize our own children where they become either an obstacle of us, you know, getting things done quicker or a catalyst to helping us get the things done that we need to get done. But they're not human beings. They're just either helping or hurting us, you know, and we treat them as such and forget that it's like a full human being. For me, that one of the, one of the things that means is like if my when my teenage son comes home and he didn't bring the trash cans in, you know, but that's like his job. You know, he's supposed to when he sees them out there, they've been picked up as soon as he comes in. I have to make sure that the first thing I say to him isn't, hey, why didn't you bring the trash cans in? That That's me dehumanizing that child. Right. And just seeing him mm-hmm. as a worker in this home, either you're doing it or you're not. Whereas instead, if I just when he walks in the door, I'm like, hey. How was your day? I'm so happy to see. And we have a moment to connect. Yes, the child still needs to bring the trash cans in. 
but he <laughs> needs to know that he's valued as a human being. And I, I feel like I hear you saying that. And I think that's, you know, so much of why your children love you is because you see them as people. Well, and I think too, with, with teens, especially they automatically assume that we're not interested in what they're interested in. And it's when I, when I cross over and, and want to know about what they're going through too. Um, what, what was really cool is my husband and I were just so fortunate to take a trip last week to Maui, Hawaii. And, um, you know, I spent all year asking kids, how was your break? How, you know, what did you do? How was your weekend? And just building that relationship. And what I was so humbled at is on Monday, I had kids coming and saying, did you see the whales that you wanted to see? Did you? And it was like that, you know, and I said, you know what? I want to stop and just say like, that's called empathy. That's, that's building a relationship is thinking about the other person. And you didn't have to ask me that. And that's called being thoughtful. And so I think sometimes we assume that they're living these little selfish lives, but they are picking up on times to be thoughtful and, um, you know, and the cards and the words, they are, they are sponges of character. And that's what encourages me so much. And, um, and like I said, I am not perfect, but one thing about when I read that, I think it's okay also to apologize. And if I have messed up at home, I am the first to apologize. I probably apologize way too many times for the same offense. Um, and how I'm going to learn from it, how I'm going to be better. And I think we can model that for yeah. them so yeah. much. Yeah. Because it creates a culture in your classroom or in your home of like, we say we're sorry quickly, easily, you know, and we take ownership for our part and in, in things that mm-hmm. did not go well. <laughs> I think too, it's so encouraging for me as a mom, because sometimes you feel like the weight is so heavy on you. Like I've got to make sure this kid turns out okay. Mm. We forget that God has... Christian people in other parts of their <laughs> life that are doing the same things. And it's just so encouraging to me to know that I send my kid to school and not every teacher maybe has faith. Not every teacher maybe approaches it like you do, but that God specifically put you in that school and in that classroom. And so my kid is getting to benefit from another Christian adult teaching him the same things that I want to teach him and helping him develop that yeah. character. And I think it needs to remind us to pray for our teachers. Yes, yes. Because you are, you see them more sometimes during the day than I do. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I can know that there's like another warrior on the other side of that school door helping my kid, goodness gracious, I should be on my knees every day for you teachers, thanking God for you being in that classroom. Yeah. Okay, so last question, um, and I'm so excited to hear this because I do think, you know, I'm around my kids, but I'm not necessarily around like everybody else's kids all the time. So I have no idea what goes on in a high school classroom. I mean, sometimes my son will tell me like funny things that happen, but tell me something that you see in your teenagers right now that just brings you joy, that makes you go, there is hope for this next generation. You know, it's going to be okay. Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. I, we laugh every day. I think he probably tells you the things we laugh about. Um, a couple things. Um, moms, if you really want to sound like, you know what you're talking about, this is one thing that got her said, um, they do not like feet, right? They do not like the dogs. They call them dogs. They don't want Uh the dogs out. It's a big deal. I've already told them, I've already told them, um, when it's spring 
and it's warm outside. Miss Kevin's dogs are coming out and they'll, yes. they'll be painted and cute. You don't got to look. Yeah. Um, but they are going to come out. Um, so that just makes me giggle that the words that they change. And I saw your game yeah. too late playing yeah. that game. Did you I know him? I Did you already know him? could have mastered that game. I have done writing activities that say, tell me you're a teenager without saying you're a teenager. And things like, what do you think you understand better today than your parents did when they were in high school? Yeah. And they are so honest. And one of the things came up was about social media. There is a common like theory, especially with girls, that they are judged that they like social media because they are comparing themselves to other people. But they, in in reality, feel like it is their moms that do that more than they do. And so that shocked me, Silly, about thinking about that, that they actually, um, one girl even told me recently, my mom thinks I do social media because I'm trying to be pretty like other girls. But it's no different when she looked at her magazines when she was younger. And I like social media because I like to learn new things. And so it they look at that not as such a threat. Okay. Maybe like wow. we do. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so they, they take social media because um, you hear in the news that it, it's leading to a lot of issues. And I believe that is uh -huh. also true. Yeah. But they also may see it just as entertainment. Whereas we see it as a threat to their mental health. Yeah. Um, I love what you said about learn something. My kids are always telling me things they learn on yeah. social media. And yeah. I never thought that that was like an outlet for them to go. It's like my encyclopedia. Well, so, and for me, like I, I learn things on TikTok all the time. <laughs> and it's so embarrassing because people like, I'm like, Hey, did you know about blah, blah? And they're like, where did you learn that? I'm like, okay, TikTok. Okay. But I think for me, where I still ride the brakes on social is that the just, you know, especially with our boys, it's so easy to access um, images and things. Mm -hmm. to, to me, it's a portal for those things, you know. Um, so I still ride the brakes on it. And I, I feel like with my kiddos, you know, and it's so interesting that the kids in your class say that because, like, I don't know, for me, it just is like, I don't know if you truly understand the danger. <laughs> I don't think they do. And that's what they, they look at it as entertainment. Yeah. And we look at it as, like you said, the word portal to things you aren't prepared to handle. Yeah. And that could be a whole nother episode because mm -hmm. walking and navigating that with, you know, our boys has been such a joy to learn through. Um, for these kids, there really are no outcasts. They are so accepting of okay. everyone's um, flaws and things that they are different and how they are wired different. And they are so less likely to judge yeah. than even a lot of adults. And yeah. that's one thing that I see that inspires me. Um, and uh, the other thing I would say to that, they don't do fake well at all. Okay. They can decipher so well between the people that care about them and the people who don't. And I would, we talk about emotional intelligence a lot in English and how reading helps you have that. And um, I would say there, there are less pleasers in this generation than there were in mine. Cool. Wow. That's a win. Yeah. That's a win. We'll take that win. Yeah. 
They I, yeah. for sure. Don't you feel, I feel like there is a sense of a little bit more of like, um, I am, see, I guess I'm seeing, but this is middle school, but I, and thank God, because I feel like this is not usually the case. There's a little bit more of like cheering each other on. Yes. That's what I was going to try. I couldn't get the words out, but it's like almost that they, they are good with their friends succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so cool to yeah. watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, when they celebrate each other's successes, that yes. is, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's for cool sure. Too. That's, and I think I struggle sometimes. Is it that our sensitivity to right and wrong and, you know, like, is it that or is it that they truly are accepting of each other? Uh-huh. Um, and so there's that gray area sometimes. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, yeah. Yeah. navigating that. No, I see that. But I just, you know, I don't think, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't know that anybody has been brought to Jesus by, you know, being shunned or saying you're wrong. But sure enough, if you're like, look at you, girl, you're looking good today, you know, that creating that environment and that kind of a relationship with someone. Yes, that's the person. And, and you know, Jesus, tell me more about them, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of situation. And so if we're going to err on one side, let's err on celebrating each other, Amen. accepting one another, you know, I think that's a really cool thing. And that's what I was going to say, too, like. Maturity brings more knowledge of right and wrong and how to handle those tough conversations. They're not ready to handle those tough conversations right now anyway. Yeah. So the fact that you can at least love one another and cheer each other on creates Mm -hmm. almost like a foundation for the truth that's going to come later as you get more mature in your relationship with Christ. So I'm all about it. Let's cheer each other on. Yeah. They do a really great job of that. You are one of the biggest cheerleaders. Were you a cheerleader in high school? I actually, you know what? True story. I tried out for cheerleader so many times and didn't make it. Okay. This is why we're friends because my mom told me not to try out for cheerleader because I wouldn't make it. So I never did. So you and I are meant to be cheerleaders. My mom and dad even hired me a private lesson teacher. Oh boy. And I never made it, but (laughs) I did play college volleyball. So it all worked out. Okay, girl. Yes. It was not my path. Well, you um, are a cheerleader now. Yeah. You are one of the most joyful, yes. kind, outgoing. I'm, I'm telling you, I cannot tell you how much joy it brings my heart to know that you love going to your classroom every day and loving on those kids. It just makes me so happy because I do think that sometimes we get, you know, a bad rap on public school. That yeah. It's a rough spot mm-hmm. and there's no light. And <laughs> what are we doing? Our kids are going to die there. Uh-huh. They're not. <laughs> God has put some angels yes. every in every school, yeah. I believe, in every school. And you are one of them for yes. us. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing with our mamas about what you see and giving us hope, yes. hope, hope, hope for what's yes. happening. We Thanks, love Kelly. you. I appreciate you asking me and um, anybody who watches you two ladies knows you are so much fun so anything you invite me to do the answer is yes thanks Um, and I I was gonna leave you with one thing when you're talking about girl you look so cute you know what to say on that right what you say "Ooh, girl you ate yeah ma'am what we just talked about this yes yes you oh you ate yes the eight thing ate that you ate that and and left no crumbs you ate that and you licked the plate. Oh, ma'am. Oh. Okay, we licked the plate. Because because my kids told me left no crumbs. So lick the plate. That is <laughs> like hilarious. We're, listen, we're using that. Mom's listening. This is your challenge to use that innocence this week. And 
by the grace of God, can you get the biggest cringe out of your tween oh, or teen kids? Oh, they love it. They yes. act like they don't, but they love it. Yes, I agree. I agree. I just love you too. And thank, thank you for you. your ministry to all the moms. It is not easy. And all you moms out there, you are wonderful. That's right. And yes, Kelly. keep it up. And teenagers are, they're fun. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they, they are. are really challenging. Yeah. They are. Okay. We love you, moms. We'll see you next love time. Love you. Bye-bye. Thank you.